Hello, hello, and welcome to the Burgundy Love Podcast. My name is Darling Jimenez, and in this podcast, we're going to be sharing with you ways that you can grow, so a lot of personal development and growth, um, and things that you can do to design the life that you want. This podcast is heavily focused around members of Land Theta Alpha Latin Sorority Incorporated, um, hence the name Burgundy Love. However, if you are not a member, you are more than welcome to listen in. Um, we are going to be sharing great tips for building the life that you want, and we hope you stick around. Go ahead and subscribe so you can be notified. We have our episodes on Fridays and Tuesdays. Um, So tune in, hang out. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Thank you. Bye. Hello, hello, and welcome. This is the Burgundy Love Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to introduce something called story time. Um, This is going to be the first of what I hope uh, will be many, many story times where I will be sharing um, personal stories about my upbringing, um, as well as um, personal stories of uh, our future guests. Um, So story time is a little bit different than the general informative um, format of um, our show. And the reason why I thought it was necessary to create a story time segment or a story time um, episode, if you will, um, is because as you journey through life, you experience a lot of um, your own stories that help define you in a way that is um, hard to explain. And I really want this podcast to be a forum for um storytelling and processing, um, as well as education and personal growth. Um, And so today I am going to feature myself in the um, story time um, segment and um, our podcast as a whole today would be will be story time. So it might be a little bit shorter than you're accustomed to, um, but that's okay. Um, I really hope that you guys enjoy this format um, and definitely look forward to the feedback on it. Um, And so today's story time is going to be centered around um, my experience um, as a Latina at Columbia University um, in the city of New York City. Um, And I wanted to share this because I think it ties really well into a previous episode that we had um, with our very own Leslie Shaw, where she was talking about being a minority at a PWI. Um, And I know that... um, I wanted to um, kind of chime in and talk a little bit about what my experience was um, 12 hours north. <laughs> um, so um, this podcast is in in a, in a way uh, kind of a response to some of that conversation that we had um, about being a minority at a PWI. Um, certainly Columbia is definitely a PWI. Um, if you guys have been tuning in for some time, you maybe heard my story about um, just the getting into Colombia and how big and monumental that was for me. Um, so I want to just uh, talk a little bit more about what happened once I got there, right? Um, so um, there's 18-year-old Dominican me um, leaving Marcy Projects to go to Colombia. Um, my mom was absolutely not thrilled about the idea of me living away from her. As you know, Dominican parents can be, um, and Latin parents in general can be a little bit traditional. Um, and so she was not happy about the idea of me 
going to live in college, but um, the scholarship that I received to attend Columbia um, basically stipulated that I needed to live on campus for that first year. Um, and I'm really glad that it did because it definitely opened up doors for opportunity for me, right? Um, so the other thing is that um, I was accepted into Columbia as a part of the HEOP program, um, which is a program that they use to kind of prepare um, students who might be less than prepared um, for uh, the demand and record um, of university. Um, and so as a part of the HEOP program, um, I had to go to school about a month prior to everyone else. And then they did essentially a full month of reinforcement. Um, and as soon as I got there and started taking classes, I realized that in spite of me being a an excellent student in my high school, of having uh, above 4.0 GPA, in spite of all of the extracurriculars, in spite of the college prep that I had done, nothing that I had done in my four years of high school had prepared me for the level of academic rigor um, and the way of thinking um, at the university level, right? Um, and I come from a small high school in New York City, um, life science is secondary. So it's not um, known as like the greatest and best school in New York City, you know? Um, it's a small high school. Um, I thought the staff was fantastic there, um, especially want to shout out um, Ms. Schamberger. She was my social studies teacher. Um, and she absolutely changed my view of the world. Um, talk about an influential force in my life, right? Um, and so um, arriving at Columbia for the first time, I had the expectation, because I had done so well in high school, that I was ready and that I was going to do extremely well. Um, very quickly, I found out that I was not at all prepared and that the level of college rigor is quite different um, from anything that I had experienced, even in my college classes that I had taken um, while in high school. The other thing that I realized is this was my first time in my life actually being in a community that was predominantly not Black and Latino, right? Um, so growing up in Marcy Projects, I was always surrounded by um, Black and Latinos, um, which 100% my people, you know? So um, that was the environment that I was comfortable in. And even in my high school, um, in spite of it being the Upper East Side, it was also um, Black and Latino. So um, I arrived at Columbia and I really remember feeling incredibly out of place. Um, I love the diversity. Um, it was definitely something to, to see, you know, students from everywhere all around the world. Um, but I, I also felt extremely out of place. Um, and I definitely found myself for the first time being in the minority, like growing up in the hood or going to a school where the majority of people are black and brown. Um, I wasn't like used to not being part of the majority, if you will. Um, and that was truly the first time where I realized, wow, this world is pretty big and I am not the majority. Um, and then there was um, something else, of course, that immediately arose, which was um, social class, right? So I, um, like I mentioned, grew up um, in a disadvantaged, if you will, neighborhood, um, meaning we didn't have access to the greatest schools or the greatest parks and money was always a concern. Um, and so this was the first time that I was really around a higher strata of society, people that had money or whose parents had money or who had an upbringing where they were financially well off. Um, and so it really quite came as a shock to me, some of the access and 
some of the things that other people had access to. And this was the first time that it really dawned upon me um, that I was poor, which is which is interesting, you know, because growing up, um, I definitely feel like um, we lived in apartments that had a lot of like maintenance issues and things like that. Um, but I'm grateful because there was always food on the table. I never had to worry about that. Um, so even though we were growing up below the poverty line, I never felt like I was missing anything. Um, we used to buy clothes at secondhand shops and I loved it. Um, and basically like it, it, we were living poor, but I never felt poor. Um, until I arrived at Columbia because I had something to compare it to, right? And um, a large portion of my experience at Columbia, I feel like quickly became defined by my lack of access, meaning the lack of wealth, um, and also by just the, the lack of general support, if you will, right? Um, especially my first year, I really struggled to find... Um, a community and a sense of belonging. Um, and I was really fortunate that I had met the people I did during the yield program um, because those remained throughout my college career, my very best friends. And to be honest, without them, I don't know that I would have made it through Columbia. I think, um, unfortunately, at the time, at least that I attended Columbia, there was still a lot of work to be done um, for students of colors to feel included. Um, and there was a, I don't wanna, I don't know, even know how to describe it, but it was very hard to find community. It's very hard to find the support that you needed. Um, and I don't know if things have changed since I went there, um, but I can tell you that at the institutional institutional level, um, I don't not, I do not feel like I received the support that I needed. Um, the support that I found came from the community that I built, other students that were similar to me, the students that I met in the HEOP program who also came from disadvantaged backgrounds, who had parents at home that didn't really understand the system. So it really took a lot of getting used to this new world. Um, and it was really the community of people that I found, the individuals in that community that helped me make through it rather than the institution. Um, of course, as being a student of color, um, and being a Latina woman um, and being in a program that was predominantly a STEM field, so the computer science kind of area, also meant that I was um, probably one of three women in the room um, most of the time, um, and then certainly the only um, Latina in the group, right? That frequently kind of became a, a thing, right? Um, just me being you know, the only Latina in the room. Um, and it, it really is, it's kind of an interesting experience, you know, feeling so out of place and feeling so different. Um, and I think one other thing to kind of highlight is um, that program that I was in for computer science only had one female faculty at the time, um, meaning I didn't have a chance to get exposed to um, a lot of Latina women in the field or just women in general in the field. Um, I think that the one um, kind of female person that was part of the program, um, I also didn't even get a chance to take one of her classes. Um, and so it, it was an interesting experience being the only woman and then also being um, in a program that was completely taught by males at the time. There's a lot of work to be done in the STEM field um, to include 
more women and absolutely more women of color. So that is also something worthy of note. Um, something that also characterized my experience at Columbia, and this is really unfortunate, um, it was a lack of access to food. So the way that it worked is the first year the university would provide um, meals through the cafeteria. Um, and that was kind of included. But after that, you have to kind of figure out your own. Um, and so one of the things that I really struggled with was during my second and third year was actually access to food. So even though my mom lived in New York City, like it was not always possible for me to go visit her to go pick up food. Um, and so there were a lot of times when I would be... Um, like run out of money for some reason and not be able to really afford anything other than something like M&Ms or of course ramen noodles, right? Um, I was absolutely a broke college student. And interestingly enough, it's not that I didn't have a job because I did work throughout my whole entire time at Columbia. Um, but they also was very miseducated about money, right? Um, and I know we recently did a podcast on money and I God, I wish I knew then what I know now, right? Because I think it could have saved me a lot of pain and a lot of hunger. Um, but they were there were so many times where I literally was hungry and I had no money to purchase food. Um, and so once again, like during times like that, I heavily relied on that community that was there for me. Um, I know I had a roommate my second year, Adriana, and her family always had delicious Mexican food that they would bring and she would always share with me. Um, so I'm forever grateful for her, for her and for that. Um, I know I also had friends that would swipe me into the cafeteria. So absolutely grateful for that as well. Um, then there was Donnie, who's also um, a very close friend who um, would always kind of share some of his food that his parents would buy in bulk for him. So um, I definitely had a lot of support. And I really um, wish that the beginning of my college career began with some education around money because you take a poor kid out of the hood with very little knowledge and information about money. You thrust them into an environment um, where they have to kind of figure it out for themselves. Um, and sometimes they're not equipped. And certainly this was my case to make the best decisions around money. And so um, that is something that I absolutely wish they did. And it's like a tip of anyone that works at Columbia is listening, um, is try to educate your students a little bit more about finances and money management um, and how to really plan out their year and their money um, depending on the work that they have. Um, yeah, so that was a bit of a struggle. <laughs> However, um, I do find that um, I developed a really amazing group of support um, that enabled me to kind of make it through. Um, and one of the things that they were always kind of giving me advice about and trying to help me about is um, we all came into a super competitive environment where you are always expected to be achieving and excelling. Um, and there's almost like a toxic culture around um, that achievement and that excelling. It's like it, it comes to a point where you become embarrassed if you don't have a grade that is really high, A++++, you know, um, because it seems that everyone around you is doing so well and, and people certainly um, put on the show or the facade that they're doing so well. And so if you're the one person that 
um, is not doing so well, if you're someone who is struggling, um, then you can really feel out of place and start to question your own capabilities um, and your own value and wonder if you belong there, right? Um, so once again, the sense of belonging um, is really huge, especially for us um, as students of colors at a PWI, um, because we don't feel like we belong and we often feel that we're ostracized or that we're left out of certain singles because circles because of a, a lack of access to money and resources, you know. Um, there are a number of students that I, I met during my time at Columbia that were clearly very well off and they were always dressed to the max and always taking trips around the world to their parents and doing this and doing that all the while being a college student. And unfortunately, that is not something that we had access to. Um, but it, it did feel um, out of place and strange when you found yourself as the outsider um, in a conversation um, based on, on the finances, right? Um, but yeah, those are some of my experiences at Columbia. And I must admit, like, um, I know I focused heavily on some of the challenges during this podcast, but I did have really amazing experiences as well. Um, so what was a Latin dance team there um, that became um, my community, it became a home, it became a hub, it became a place where I felt like I could be myself. Um, and Again, many of my best friends come from there. Many of my other best friends come from the HEAP program um, where we kind of struggled together, um, kept each other accountable, really helped each other out. Um, I know like on several occasions, two of my um, close HEAP friends um, lend me their laptops because, because mine had crashed and I couldn't even do my schoolwork properly because I didn't have access to a laptop. Um, and so some of those challenges kind of were made easier because of the love and support um, of that community of people that I found. Um, my overall hope for Columbia um, is that as, a, as an institution that has been around for so long, as an institution that is so well known, um, they take a look at the ways that they're supporting their black and brown students um, and realize that there's a lot more work to be done um, because unfortunately, I have a lot of bad experiences that I think could have been better shaped um, if there was more concern and understanding of the circumstances that um, some of us black and brown students bring to those institutions. Um, and undeniably and invariably, I do believe that we bring a value um, about experience and diversity and knowledge of something completely different that um, they, they don't necessarily pay as much attention to, you know? So um, ultimately, that is my hope for Columbia. I love my alma mater. I have a lot of good things to say about it. I think it absolutely shaped me into the woman that I am and opened our doors and opportunities for me that I don't think would have been otherwise opened. Um, and certainly to have gone there and graduate with minimal debt is amazing and something that I will forever be grateful for. Um, and yeah, that is my story today. I hope you guys enjoyed this story time. Um, tune in for our next episode, which is coming soon. And that's all I have for you today. Bye-bye.